Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Pragito Dove about accessing our inner wisdom and intuition as leaders. Pragito Dove, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's great to have you with me. Uh, it's a, it's always fun to meet new and interesting people with d- diverse backgrounds. And as we were talking about in just preparation for this episode and in the pre-interview, um, you have an area of expertise that's a little different than most of the guests that I have on the podcast, um, but I think is particularly uh, timely and relevant and, and very important within the organizational context in the leadership space. So today we're going to be focusing on accessing our inner wisdom and intuition as leaders and talking about mindfulness and meditation practices that can help with that. As we get started, I wanted to share Pragito's bio with everybody. Pragito Dove is a global authority on expressive meditation and founder of the number one expressive meditation training school in North America, an internationally recognized author, hypnotherapist, coach, and speaker with over 20 years of experience. Pragito helps entrepreneurs, leaders, and CEOs align their mindset to allow more peace, time, and financial freedom. She shows you how to change your money blueprint recondition your mind for automatic abundance and use spiritual laws to create real world success. Brigido has shared the stage with such luminaries as John Gray, uh, the author of Mars versus Venus, uh, and others. Her new book, Lunchtime Enlightenment, Expressive Meditation for a Manifesting Peace, Prosperity, and Passion was published in August of 2020. So welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you I'm excited for this conversation. Before we dive on into the discussion, anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of background, personal context, or anything else to shape and frame um, our discussion today? Yeah, well, thank you for that wonderful introduction and for having me here on your show. I'm excited to be here. And um, yeah, so I'm a med- meditation expert. And how did that come about? Well, um, in, a, in a serendipity kind of way, really, I had a very uh, challenging childhood with, um, well, let's just leave it at that. And uh, I, what, I, what I did to try and cope with everything was I repressed my anger, my pain, and my fear. I started smoking cigarettes when I was 12 to numb everything out. And as I, as I, I went to college, I got my bachelor's, got my master's, and then I had a recurring back pain because I was so full of tension. And really, I I made a major decision. It was after my son was born 
when I looked into his beautiful blue eyes and realized I needed to, I needed to heal myself because if I didn't, I was going to transmit all this tension to him. Then we'd have another unhappy person on the planet. So I heard about a, um, a master called Osho who was in India. So I went there with my baby son. My son was 14 months old. My marriage was completely falling apart. And it seemed like my whole life was falling apart, uh, which is turned out interesting because in that uh, chaos that I was in, I found something that really, really helped me in this meditation resort in India, which was meditation. And the expressive techniques helped me express out all the repressed emotional turmoil, the mental overload and the tensions in my body. And I found myself, I found my real authentic self, my creativity, my inner peace was the biggest thing. I, I didn't even know that such a thing was possible when I went there. I was really just following my intuition, following my heart, because my mind kept telling me, this is crazy. What are you doing going to India with a baby, you know? But it, it was, it was a great thing to do. I never occurred to me I'd have a whole business out of it down the road, but I do, which, and it's very successful because now I have that inner peace and calm. I trust my intuition implicitly. I follow my heart and everything evolves from that in a very, in a very powerful way that I've been able to help hundreds of thousands of people through my books and trainings to also find inner peace and trust their intuition and their inner wisdom. Well, thank you for that background and that framing. You know, we, we all have our stuff. We all have our, our baggage from our past. And, and most of the time we carry it with us and usually not particularly healthy ways. And so for you to get to the point where you had to figure it out and, and find uh, a way to help you know, cope uh, and manage it in a healthy way. And, and for you, that was through, through meditative practices. Uh, I think that's wonderful. I think that was wonderful that you were able to find that relief for yourself, but also then pay it forward and share that with, with so many individuals uh, through your work. Now, I, I'm sure everyone who's listening to this podcast, you know, has, has heard about mindfulness practices, heard about the value of, of meditation and, and some of these sorts of things. But I, I, I also suspect that many who are listening might think um, that might have some biases or assumptions uh, associated with those types of yeah. practices. Yeah. Um, so maybe we can start with you addressing that and maybe dispelling some of the myths, some of the, the kind of misconceptions that people might have around contemplative did I say that word right? Contemplative practices, <laughs> yes. mindfulness yes. and meditation and how that can be valuable, you know, in our personal lives and our, our home lives, but also in, in the workplace. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there are a lot of misconceptions. So the first thing to understand is what meditation is and what it is not. Meditation is awareness. Meditation is a quality of being fully present to whatever you are doing in any given moment. The activity you're doing doesn't matter. 
What matters is the quality of your presence with that activity. And it could be any activity, cooking lunch, taking out the trash, um, getting the kids ready for bed, uh, sitting in your office, answering emails, giving a talk, it doesn't matter. What matters always is the awareness, the quality of your presence. And meditation is not a technique. And that's, I think, what, what a lot of people think meditation is this, you know, sitting, chanting, um, or something. I mean, that is, that is one technique. And there are hundreds of techniques, meditation techniques. And the point of the technique is to help us learn to come into the present moment. Because the mind in this culture we live in, the mind has, has really sort of taken over almost. And bosses and bullies us around, telling us all these things we need to be doing in the future and keep thinking about reruns of the past. And that's what stops us being in the present. So that's a fundamental thing to understand. And then when you understand that, you will find that actually you already are present in a lot of things you're doing during the day and the evening at the weekend. You already are. So you already have experience of meditation. So it, it's, that's, that's really the first important step. And then everything follows from there. Yeah, that's great. And I, to your point, we all do things that are connect related to mindfulness and meditation already that we may not label it that way. Right. 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 I, I, I think of some of the, the, I don't think of myself as someone who practices meditation. Um, but I do, I do engage in daily prayer. I do, um, enjoy the quiet time where I take my dog, my dogs to the park and walk and enjoy nature. Um, you know, some of those types of, of activities, I think, fit within that that scope That's, right absolutely they do I mean, it's just a word you know meditation it's just a word but you can call it uh relaxation time or i mean going to nature that's very helpful because nature's always in the present moment so nature really helps us to calm down and get out of the busy mind a bit become more grounded and animals as you mentioned your dogs Animals are always also in the present moment, always. And they're also full of unconditional love, which we get from them. Um, so yes, these kind of activities, um, I know uh, from books I've read of highly successful people, um, they all take time, maybe one day a month or half a day a week or some kind of time for self-reflection, for solitude, aloneness. You know, there's all these words, but they're describing the same thing. It's all meditation. Yeah. And again, as you're um, discussing kind of what it is, what it is not, or what how we really focus on it, it's not necessarily about any particular method um, or technique. Right. 
there's a there's a wide variety of methods and techniques that can be implemented and ultimately it's it's all about coming back to like you said critical self-reflection quieting the mind being present in the moment um uh and and you know, simple things like simple breathing techniques uh, can be utilized. There's just so many different things that we can do that all kind of fall under this umbrella. And ultimately, I think is is really powerful to your point of what you how you framed your your initial introduction um, and and uh, background, where you learned about accessing your inner wisdom and intuition, and really learning to trust in that uh, and to rely on it and to build off of it, right? Um, Absolutely. That, yes. I think that's that's something that I think many many people really really struggle with, and yeah. it, it's it's it is something you have to put in the work and you have to learn how to do that. Um, it's not just enough to say, you know, I just felt it in my gut. I'm just following my gut. Like I think there's more to it. There's more refinement um, to it that can lead that that can, we can draw in and that will help us. Uh, to be more successful leaders. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Yes. So, I mean, I I love what you just said. Um, See, the thing is our intuition, our inner wisdom, it's already there. So the question is, are we accessing or not? Are we listening to it? And the part of us that that will interfere with that is the mind, because the mind can get very busy. The mind is full of a lot of conditioning from the past and likes to be in control of us. And it judges and it compares. It's where fear lives and it's where greed lives in the mind. And so really, in a way, our task is quite simple, is to learn to disidentify from the mind. The mind is a mechanism in the head. It's only about 5% of us, about 95% of us is in the subconscious, where's the wisdom of the body, the wisdom of the heart, and the wisdom of the soul. And we have the universe on our side because the rightful place of the mind is as a servant of the heart. We want the heart to be the master 
and the, the mind to do the bidding of the heart, because this culture almost teaches us the other way around. <laughs> the heart has got a bit lost. But um, there is one incredible technique called witnessing the mind created by, by Gautama the Buddha 25 centuries ago and still very valid today, where you learn to get a distance from the mind to sort of step back. So you disidentify from it and realize you are not your mind. That is not who you are. See, I used to think that's who I was. I was everything that was going on in my mind, which is pretty chaotic. Um, but as you, as you learn to step back and witness the mind, watch the mind, which doesn't mean you're not using your mind. We are. We need the mind. But you're not at the effect of it so much because the mind has a tendency to go to the negative oh what are you doing that for i wouldn't do that that's not going to work you know and things like that these thoughts that that come up so the more we we learn to trust our inner wisdom our intuition we will go ahead with, with whatever that thing is <laughs> we'll say thank you mind for your uh for your opinion but i'm gonna do this you know, and your heart, the, your inner wisdom will never let you down. It's never let me down. I have let myself down, but not by not listening to it. Um, and sometimes it means you have to do things without really understanding why. So that takes great trust in yourself. But the answers always come later. If you don't understand it at the time, you always will find out later and look back and think, oh, I'm so glad I trusted myself and did that. Yeah. And it does, it does take some courage um, it does. To, yep. to be able to do that. And I, I'm sure that I have a long way to go in terms of really coming in alignment and being attuned to my inner, you know, voice and intuition um, and following it and having the courage to follow it. But I can think of uh, instances in my past um, where I, I, that's exactly what I did. And, and I can look now, you know, as I look back on that, I can see, wow, that really worked out. Um, and it, it worked out far better than I could have ever possibly conceived yes. of, you know, using my logical, rational brain. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, and then, then there's been other times where in retrospect, I can look back and I can see, you know, I, I made the choice rationally. Um, and I'm, I'm not dogging on rationalism, but, you know, I, I went through the, the pros and cons and I made a very rational choice in, in defiance of what I felt was actually really ah. the right, the right choice. Yeah. And, and I could see negative consequences of that. Right. So I think we, as we, as we learn to, to, to engage in that wrestle and learn to, to build trust in ourselves in, in sometimes really small ways initially and we can build that confidence over time um then then we're be, we're put in a situation where we can we can more consistently be attuned um to that inner voice uh and and people from different backgrounds and walks of life and religious traditions and spiritual traditions call that different things um Right. But whatever, whatever terminology you use to describe that, um, I, you know, learning to become attuned to it, I think is really important. So, so translate the, this then over to what this means in the workplace. As organizational leaders, most of those who are listening to the podcast, you know, lead organizations, you know, 
some some capacity or another. Um, people tune in because they're trying to understand how they can do this better, more effectively, more efficiently. How can they get the best out of their people, um, and how can they, you know, empower and help their people grow? So, how can we take this? What what you're saying around mindfulness and meditation and intuition and being attuned to that? How can this translate over to uh, more sustainable, meaningful, and impactful leadership? Well, um, it definitely can. And so leaders are leading people. First of all, you're leading yourself. And so this is very much a people uh, role because you're, you're, you want to have a good rapport with the people you're leading. And you want to have confidence in yourself, not from ego, but from an inner knowing that the decisions you're making are for the good of all. And, you know, we come back to the heart um, and everybody has experiences of falling in love or falling out of love or, uh, you know, we all go through that. And this is where, because uh, people are the domain of the heart. Logic, as you've mentioned, is the domain of the mind. And so what the leader has to do is certainly be a good listener, listening to the team and listening to yourself. And that's where some silent time, maybe five or 10 minutes, you just sit with yourself at the beginning of each day or whenever you can and just listen to what's going on inside of yourself. Because the mind's always got plenty to say. It's always gonna have a commentary. But is it, the, is it the commentary that you need in that particular moment? So what it can do by spending some self-reflection times and contemplation time, whatever you want to call it, is it helps you to get to know yourself, your strengths and your weaknesses and accept yourself, love yourself no matter what, because leaders always get criticized. Um, a lot of the time they do anyway, if people are disgruntled about whatever. And the more deeply rooted in yourself you are, the better leader you're going to be. You're gonna have, like, I, th I think really good leaders, they have a kind of generosity of spirit about them. They, they have a kindness, they're approachable because people have to feel they can go to them to talk something over with them. Um, and people have to feel heard and seen or they get disgruntled. And so it's a lot of qualities which are actually qualities of the heart. Although you also meet, need to have a sharp mind, an intelligent mind that understands things and the principles that are going on and all of that. So you really need a good combination of the both. Yeah. And, and I think that's a really important point because I think sometimes people are very dismissive, especially in Western culture, uh, very dismissive of this idea of mindfulness, uh, meditation, intuition, and in some cases, rightfully so. Like if I'm, if I'm going through a hiring process and I only hire 
you know, the person who in my gut feels like the right person with no other like reasonable justification for it, chances are I'm dealing with confirmation bias in my head and I'm going to probably end up, you know, uh, making, you know, hiring decisions that are biased and not inclusive, not, you know, diversity driven or, or, or with a mind towards equity. And so we do, we need to be aware of, of, of confirmation bias and other types of mental biases um, and, and how those can shape what we think is our intuition. Um, and that's why I think combining the two is really important. It's, it's not yeah. just, it's not about just saying, what do I feel? And I need to do that. It's a combination of our heart and our mind bringing yeah. the two together, being, right. attuned, being attuned to that inner voice, but also doing the heart, it's, and it's hard work, doing the hard work of uh, in the, the rational brain and aligning it with, with that intuition. I think that's where the, um, that's where the real value comes. In yes, it's the, align about. it's the alignment. Yeah. Because we want to be aligned, body, mind, heart, and soul all of it we're not discounting the mind at all it's it's just to be aware that the mind can get a bit can go into fear can go into greed can go into judgment can go into comparison and we just have need to have an awareness around that so that we can be discerning over what our mind is saying to us and it's interesting because i'm in the process of hiring right now for my business and I'm doing all my research and my due diligence, of course, you know, with getting resumes and so on. Um, and I'm, I'm down to two people <laughs> and we'll see who I end up with. But I'm really aware I've got to look at, let my mind look at, you know, all their qualifications and what they say they can do and so on. And then also listen to my intuition about who would be also a good personality for me, who would be a good person for me to work with. So yeah, that the, they're uh, they're definitely both important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it has been a real pleasure talking with you today. We've really just scratched the surface. Um, this is something I feel strongly about, and and perhaps I can have you back on another time where we can explore this more in depth. Uh, and even talk about some of those types of techniques that that uh, leaders might be able to use in the workplace, particularly when you're finding yourself in that situation. I mean, when we're leaders, we're, we're dealing with a lot of stuff. We're juggling yeah. a lot of things. We have a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, and we need to learn how to, in a healthy way, manage and cope with that anxiety and that stress. Um, and so I think it's it's worth all of our time, everyone who's listening today, to regardless of the mechanism, regardless of the of the method, the the the, the technique, what can you do to to quiet find quiet time, uh, ha have that opportunity to reflect, have that opportunity to find alignment, um, and whatever the approach, I th I think it's well worth that investment in ourselves because it'll play it'll pay out dividends not only in our own personal. Um, outlook and our own personal success, but and how we interact and engage with others, and you know, ultimately the success of our people and our team. Um, I think ultimately that's what it all comes down to: is is we want to maximize our own personal potential, and we want to to support and sustain and maximize the potential of those around us. And I think mindfulness, 
techniques and, and learning to have alignment with our intuition can be a part of that puzzle, um, an important, really important piece um, to help us do that more effectively. Thank you yes. for joining Thank you for joining me on this episode. Um, before we close, I just want to give you a chance to give the last word and share with listeners uh, how they can get connected with you and find out more about what you're up to and reach out if, if they feel like you can help them and what they're doing. Well, thank you. Um, my website is discovermeditation.com. And if you put in the, in the line uh, discovermeditation.com forward slash contact, then there's a free gift for you. Um, I have an abundance activation there. It's three videos, three five minute videos, which you can watch and learn from uh, to get you off to a good start. Thank you. I really encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out how Pregido can, can work with you and help you and, and help you find that alignment. Um, and as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.